I'm Jess McCauley, and I'm a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I am a writer and performer, and I'm also an introvert, and this is The Introvert's Guide to. On The Introvert's Guide to, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it, as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at stuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide to. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people find this show, but even better, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, if you know someone that might like The Introvert's Guide to, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. So we got a letter. We got a message. We did. We did. It was really lovely. I'm going to open the proverbial mailbag and I will read this message. It's from, it's from Dan. And Dan says, hi, I really like your podcast a lot. However, I have some questions about introverts, which I don't understand after listening to your podcast. In your dating podcast, you mentioned that introverts generally prefer deeper conversations. However, when I tried doing that with my introverted friend, she thinks that it's long-winded and you want it to end. So my question is, other than conversations that talk about people and their character, what do introverts like to talk about? Am I doing something wrong? This was a really good question. And for Phil and I, I know it certainly reminded us that we have more than just introverted listeners. We do have people that listen to the podcast for just a little bit more information about about people in their life that they love uh, or just people that they, they're trying to get to know and maybe need a little bit more insight. I discussed this letter with my husband and he he he'd mentioned something to me that was actually pretty insightful it's it's the fact that when we were starting to get to know each other and before we started dating he'd mentioned that it's you really are getting to know someone in a little bit more of a different perspective you're you're learning this whole new dance and the extrovert and introvert collision in in any relationship can be a transition but it's a doable one I really, I I just, I really enjoyed this question. I cannot wait to unpack it in this episode. So one of the things that I, when I was reading this question, I saw the, what stood out for me was when I tried doing that with my introverted friend, she thinks it's long winded and you want it to end. And I was wondering Mm -hmm. if, First off, it is hard to answer a question about introverts because every introvert is different. Mm-hmm. But I would suggest following the introvert's lead. Like if you're coming in and and you're 
launching into what you think is a deep conversation, they might be overwhelmed by that. Mm-hmm. You can't just barrel in with the deep conversation or whatever you think is is the deep conversation. You have to let it happen organically. And chances are, if you if the conversation is of interest, the introvert may try to take it to where they the interesting uh, a deeper place that they want it to go. Absolutely, like it, it's not just going to be a a cookie cutter conversation for mm-hmm. introverts. It really will depend on what you're talking about, context of the time and place that this mm-hmm. is happening. I, I know for me, when I'm coming home from work or coming from a hangout, I'm not ready to have a big conversation. I just yeah. came from one <laughs> and I just need a minute to unwind. So when I seem maybe disinterested in a conversation, I'm not disinterested in you. I just don't have anything else to add to that right now. Yeah, there's there's a lot a lot there because I mean because every introvert is different. There's no there's no one one answer fits all. But you're right about the need for like to, what is the context? Did they just like you say did they come home from work? Did they come home from somewhere else? You can't just jump into that conversation. You kind of need to to wind up to it. Mm-hmm. But also it's important to remember that that some extroverts need conversation, but an introvert may not. A lot of introverts are comfortable in silence. So for me, one of the most like intimate, like an intimate friendship is one where we can actually sit comfortably and we don't have to talk. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's like one of the greatest bonding experiences. I'll be honest. Yeah. One of the things that I really enjoy about the little tango that Steve and I have figured out is we've actually laid out our place to match how we prefer to bond. Hmm. So on one end, you have my desk, which is where I'm always recording these podcasts now. Just I <laughs> I just recently showed off my desk to Phil. I'm very proud of it. You should be very proud of it. It's very good. I Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then on the other side is Steve's. In the middle is the couch where we've got the video game set up. And this is where we can, you know, just hang out. When one of us is on the other side of the room, we know that's their time. So that that for me has been a really big game changer for us. I mean, given this podcast isn't necessarily, I mean, specifically this episode mm. is not specifically about couples that live together. No. Remember, when we're talking relationship, we're talking about friendships as well. Mm-hmm. And how the introvert and the extrovert navigate their friendship can be just as complicated as as a a romantic relationship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A lar- the larger conversation, and I, I want to use Dan's Dan's letter as a, as a jumping off point is really about, you know, the care and feeding of your relationship as an introvert, how to, what does your relationship need to keep both you and your partner engaged? What does it need? What do you need? What do they need? Like, how do you sustain your relationship over a period of time? Yeah. And, you know, another reminder to go along with this conversation for introverts, for you extroverts listening, is it's quality 
the quality of the time that you will be spending together to feed these relationships. I, one of the best things that I think I have come to terms with is I can't be around people for a very long time. And I have had to learn to communicate that. So trust that your introverted friends relationships will speak up about what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, but having, I think organizing good slots of time to socialize, having like maybe one or two hours to hang out coffee, you know, I, I great example for for me was I went to a friend's house, I told them I'll stay for a couple of hours. And we arranged to have tea and we we colored, <laughs> we just colored and we talked, it was quiet at times, but it was really lovely. Mm. And this was with an extroverted friend. It's possible. Well, you see that when you were saying you said, you know, you were coloring together, that's brilliant. Because what you're doing there is instead of like sitting down and be like, we're just going to hang out, which means that you're, we're going to have some kind of conversation. You're doing an activity during which conversation can happen, but it's not the focus. Absolutely. And that's the thing is like the conversation that did come with it was, it was, it's not like we were like a super deep conversation, but it was just a conversation of substance. It wasn't small talk. It wasn't just, it wasn't, it wasn't a basic conversation. Mm. I actually really felt fulfilled leaving her place. And I really enjoyed my time. That spoke more to me than going out for a coffee and mm. feeling like I had to force something to happen. Yeah. Well, it's interesting the 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 difference between, as you were saying, a deep conversation and a conversation of substance. Mm-hmm. Because in Dan's message, like, I don't know what topic he was bringing up, but mm-hmm. there is, you could try to have a deep conversation, which is comes from a place that blindsides somebody that might not be of interest to them. Like it might be deep, but it might not be appealing to that particular introvert or person. Mm-hmm. But you want to have, like you say, a conversation of substance, something that means something rather than like you can have deep conversations about philosophy and that's deep, but it doesn't necessarily allow for back and forth conversation and it, it might not be substantive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes those conversations can have limitations to them. Mm-hmm. I personally, I love having philosophical conversations, but I do have my limits to the point of there's just some places I'm not knowledgeable. And so I can't contribute past this point. Mm-hmm. I don't like faking my information. I yeah. don't think really anybody does. <laughs> well, that's the thing because that's an exhausting thing, right? And if you're already, putting yourself out there in a position, then it's it's like you're in the exhausting conversation about philosophy, for example, and you've run out of things to say, and now you can either fake it and be really exhausted by feigning interest, or you can admit that you don't know anything. In Dan's message, uh, his introverted friend thinks that it's a, it's long-winded and you want it to end. Now, that I could take that one of two ways. Either the conversation was long-winded and the introvert wanted it to end. Mm-hmm. Or the introvert felt that the person having the conversation with them was trying to have a long-winded thing, but really just wanted it to end. Right. Yeah, I was I was taking away this. It feels like neither is really reading into the social cue of the conversation. Mm-hmm. There's this disconnect there. 
and either the the topic was a forced topic Mm -hmm. something you both probably really liked but you found it's like you came in with cue cards ready to go with your yes yeah yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, the subjects are coming I know exactly what I'm going to talk about and yes it, it doesn't need to happen that way I think already having some sort of already common interest and maybe picking one thing you know you could absolutely bond over and let and just let let the the, the little things happen let spring pepper those things into your conversation maybe if you text hey i saw this and thought of you that's yeah. it yeah there's the 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 contrived nature of the conversation can really have an impact like if this is what my suggestion was to let the the introvert drive the conversation to a more substantive place because if you've already decided like if you're coming in like with your cue cards it doesn't sound real it doesn't sound like a conversation it sounds more like a prepared speech you know what i mean oh yeah i mean when we come in prepared i think we're forgetting that that is a human being you're talking Mm. to yeah i mean if you you could prepare we've talked about going to parties and being prepared and that sort of thing but there, this is just a conversation between people. It's okay if it's a new friendship to have like, here's the areas where I think that we have commonalities, but don't don't launch into a what you think is a deep conversation about those commonalities. You can mention them, but let the let the introvert sort of direct where you're going, and they'll give you a sense of what they're what they have the spoons for today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, sometimes I, I find that you can actually discover about a, a lot about a person when you see where where and when they go quiet in a conversation. Don't rob yourself of that moment of discovery. Mm-hmm. That can tell you a lot about somebody. And when they do start to quiet down, exactly what Phil said, just follow their lead. Let them pick the conversation back up when they're ready. Embrace that silence. Yeah. And re- and do remember that a lot of introverts are very comfortable in silence. And they might not do it consciously, but if, if they can be comfortable in silence with you and it doesn't turn into a, like you visibly wondering when the conversation is going to start up again, because that makes them uncomfortable. If you could just be in the silence with them, that will go a long way to building their confidence in your friendship or relationship. It's, and just remember when we say be okay with silence, we're not saying sit in a dark room quiet. I've had, I've had an extrovert get very confused about that when I was talking about me being okay with silence. I mean, really the only time I'm not okay with silence is when maybe, you know, I'm, I'm home and cooking and just maybe want some music on while I cook or just I'm, I'm writing and I just want a little background music mm. like that. That's, that's a different story. But when I'm with people and we're, we're quiet together, we're not just sitting on the couch, staring at the wall, mm. pick something you're okay doing being quiet at already on your own. And if that's something you can already bond with together bonus, it, you know, one thing you can do is maybe pick one video game that you really like, play it together in, in the room. Mm-hmm. Great. Like or maybe coloring, like I had suggested earlier. There's so many things that you can do together quietly and still enjoy your time together. Even sitting and reading a book, like you read your book, they read their book. There's something really, really quite wonderful 
about being comfortable enough with somebody that you can just sort of sit on the couch, each doing your own thing and being completely comfortable with that. It's like a really nice form of intimacy in a friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's re- it's a really nice thing to, I think, to experience that we don't really take it. We, it is something you can do in the same room as somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you are, in a, you're married to an, to an extrovert. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend is an ambivert that currently leans introvert. Mm. So our weekends are very quiet. And, and, and we enjoy, like, sometimes we'll have these, like on Sunday afternoons, we'll just, she will make her art and I'll write or something like that. You know, there's like this, this beautiful thing where we're doing our, our own thing together. But of course she also needs people because she is an ambivert. And so when we have to balance those two, although in the COVID times that becomes a little more complicated, but for you, what was the most difficult thing? about the the introvert extrovert uh, partnership a lot of the times it's dealing with my own guilt that i don't want to go out as often and i mean especially with this pandemic happening right now we're not going anywhere anyway as it is and i think that's what makes it harder but it was the the guilt of well, what do you want to do this weekend? Well, I prefer just to stay home. Well, and then it's always in the back of my head that I feel like I'm letting him down. And that's something in myself I've had to learn to trust him more is I, I trust you to tell me when you need to go out, when mm. you need to express what you need. I'm trusting you that you're going to do that. So I think it was communicating what the other person needed. And my, like Steve is probably the quietest extrovert I've ever met. Uh, He can come off shy and and those are from his own words, not mine, but he does prefer company of people rather than just being alone. And I think for me having to negotiate with that and not compromising how I feel, not compromising what he feels has been an incredible discovery of the other person. I mean, we've been together for five years now and I'm still learning about him. I'm still learning when, you know, when it's me just going, do I really need to be on my own? Do I need to recharge or can I do this for him? Hmm. Um, I have a quick question, sort of a follow up. Um, who asked, who tends to ask the question, what do you want to do this weekend? It's definitely him. <laughs> okay, here's here's my suggestion because that puts you in the awkward place of making the suggestions and feeling like you're not giving him enough. You should preempt his question Ooh. by asking him what he wants to do this weekend. That way, you will be able to negotiate with what he needs and what you need, and you won't be the one like putting forward what you think that he wants. Oh, I really hope, you know what? I'm hoping that this episode is not released by the time I actually work up the courage to do that. <laughs> it's going to be a few weeks. It's going to be a few weeks, though. So. <laughs> we'll see what but, happens, dear listeners. <laughs> but listen, like, if there's a day that he usually asks that question on, ask him first. And then, and then he'll make a suggestion and you can be like, I can give you half of that. Spicing up the marriage. <laughs> just here, I'm just here making suggestions, saving lives. 
This has been Phil Rickaby, everyone. Yeah, that's right. That's me. <laughs> I have a question about you and your your significant other. And I'm trying to still think about how I want to ask this. But when you first got together, mm-hmm. what was it like discovering, finding those little nuances? What was that like for you? Did, did Was the communication early on or was it something you had to slowly learn about each other? Um, I will say that uh, Melanie is, is very good at communicating and saying what she wants and what she needs. And so we had a lot of those conversations. Also, because one of the, like I told her early on that I have this podcast called The Introvert's Guide Too. And, you know, we had conversations around that. And she said, oh, I'm completely an introvert or an extrovert, she said. And as time went on, I was like, I don't think you are. <laughs> Did you ask her to do the Myers-Briggs? I mean, she'd done it. And she was like, yeah, see, it comes out as an extrovert. And I was like, yeah, but look at that percentage. You're like right on the line. And she was like, uh, like 51 extrovert, like 49 uh, uh, introvert. And then the next time she took it, it flipped a bit. So it's like she's so right on the middle. And so we were like sort of discovering that perhaps she was not as extroverted as she initially thought that she was. <laughs> Fun discoveries. I love it. <laughs> and it's interesting because, you know, we've, we've had the opportunity to sort of in these strange COVID times, um, we've had the opportunity to sort of cocoon a little bit together and like to spend mostly because there's no choice because nothing was open, but like to spend several months in our time together being very, very quiet and at home and and doing quiet things at home, playing a game here and there, reading, watching movies, you know, no, no activities to hide behind. Oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> it really, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Um, and I think... It would be very difficult because I, I try to think of like my friends who are in a uh, where one is very much an intro, an introvert and one is very much an extrovert, especially in these times, how to balance that when one person cannot quite give the extrovert everything they need. Yeah, that's got to be a tough one. Well, yeah, and especially because we're in a time right now where we. I think it's more relevant than ever to say self-care is very important. You need to have your boundaries. And we get caught in this in-between of, I want to be there for this person, but I don't want to sacrifice, compromise who I am. And where do I find the in-between? And I think as long as you're really not putting yourself into a position where it's harmful to you, and whatever degree that that may be, I think that's the important defining feature here for this mm. is you're, if, if you're not going to be imposed into who you are and you're not made to feel uncomfortable, then I think past that point, I think it's safe to say that you're okay to start thinking about maybe what this other person needs and, and have that conversation, open that line of communication up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, because again, like it's it's great that we have these conversations about ex- extroverts and introverts, but let's not lose sight of the fact that we are people at the end of the day. Yes, 
we are very complex people. We, we are not binary. We have our own set of needs and, and we, we have a set of needs for other people to discover. You really are learning a new language with a person. Yeah. And that, that barrier in communication between an extrovert and an introvert is just, just another added layer to something that was already complicated to begin with. Sure. Sure. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're somebody who's like trying to find a relationship and room in their, in their relationship with an introvert, it's becoming comfortable in the quiet that will really help form the intimacy. Mm-hmm. You can have like all the deep conversations and conversations of substance and things like that, but to be comfortable in the silence and in the quiet um, and to find that intimacy, that's where the introvert will know that they are safe in this relationship as long as long as you are able to be in it and not wonder when it's going to end. Oh yeah, no, and and rest assured, body language. Mm-hmm. If you're uncomfortable and you're you're just forcing yourself to sit in a quiet situation, I'm not saying all introverts are body language experts, but I am saying at some point, maybe some introvert is going to notice you're uncomfortable and it makes them uncomfortable. You don't and have to be a body language expert to be able to sense that somebody is uncomfortable, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you can feel that. One thing about about being an introvert in a relationship, and this is like feeding your relationship. So this is for both the extrovert and the introvert in a relationship. The, the question is, as an introvert, what are the things that you need to do to make sure that you are feeding your relationship and helping it grow? Because... If you are super introverted and super comfortable in the quiet, even if you are in a relationship with another introvert, you that person may not be as comfortable with your quiet as as you are. You have to be able to sense what they need as well as being aware of what you need and just sort of like allow conversation to happen and don't shy away from it. But and this is where it gets into that fine line. Don't force it either. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Like you, you want to, I don't want to say, you know, put, you know, go try something new. And it's like, that doesn't, it's, I don't want to reduce it. No. That's not the intention. I think the intention is, you know, to, to use, we're super introverted. You know, we already are very protective of our time mm-hmm. as introverts. We, we, you know, spoon theory is very much real. and. I think at that point, maybe finding that time, being very intentional with the time to feed those relationships for people that may not share maybe the same social needs as you is so important for you as an introvert to remember that life outside of your own bubble is super important to experience. People in communication, the way we talk, the way we interact, and so it's so beautiful and I think for me, the more I've become organized with my relationships, uh, the more I have, I have become mindful of who I spend my time with, who I give my energy to, has made me really, really appreciate the people in my life and the new people that come into my life. Mm. I, I'm coming into this place where I don't have to call every single acquaintance a friend. 
Hmm. And it's really nice that at some points I can actually just go out and have a coffee with these people. There's nothing more that's really expected of that except just a little bit of my time. Hmm. You know, I was just thinking, you know, we always say, you know, say what you need. But on the other side, in a relationship, give the person, the other person, the opportunity to say what they need. Mm-hmm. Don't always make it about what you need. Remember, this is a give and take. So if you are able to say what you need, you have to give them the opportunity to say what they need. And then you can find the balance between the two. Mm-hmm. Every person is different and we have to appreciate that. because mm-hmm. That is just what makes this a, just a better world to live in, folks. Just better. On social media, we asked introverts in relationships, what are your tips for feeding your relationship? How do you balance your need for solitude with engaging with your partner? Now, we had a couple of responses to this. Um, Neither of them were particularly successful with advice. So maybe we can offer something with them (laughs) so that might might be helpful. Um, Claudia said, Unfortunately, I haven't found this balance, so I've opted for single, which has worked well for the last four years. But who knows what the future holds? If you are happy with singlehood, then there is no reason to go further to to do anything else. There's no explanation needed past that point. No. If you are not happy being single, then... You need to start having conversations about the balance early on. Mm-hmm. Like when I was dating, I would mention being an introvert pretty early. Like my dating profiles would say I was introverted, things like that. Like I was always very upfront about it. And sometimes people would ask, would ask about that. You know, what does that mean? And that was a great way to get into a conversation. But I always made it very clear that I was, but also you know, like, being able to to make it clear that that's a conversation like i'm not saying i'm introverted i can't do anything i'm saying i'm an introverted i'm introverted and so here's my boundaries did you ever get pushback from that if i did that was probably our last date <laughs> rightfully so i did not fuck around i was like you know if 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 somebody two things if somebody was like you don't drink how is that possible i'm out and also introvert, you must be super boring or like pushing about, no, you just need to be more extroverted. Things like that meant that was the end. Oh, gross. Sorry. Those comments just, ugh, it's the worst. I know. Dan, not related in any way to our initial letter writer, Dan said, never been in a relationship before, but I've dated a girl for about a year which kind of sounds like a relationship to me, but okay. (laughs) She's an extrovert while I'm an ambivert. To balance my need for solitude was to tell her that I need my own time to be alone after school. Schoolwork on its own is stressful enough, and normally after school, I would be really, really tired, both due to schoolwork and interactions with my friends. I tell her that I really appreciate being left alone during the evenings, and I don't mind calls or texting her at night before I sleep. To me, communication is very important and both parties have to understand the other's need. She wants me to hang out with her all day, but I simply don't have the energy for it. I could not keep up with her and she was not really willing to compromise, which is why when she asked me to be her boyfriend, I rejected her. Yeah. Yeah, it's 
like there needs to be a like we said earlier a give and take Mm -hmm. you have to be able to to find a balance between the two and sometimes especially during the week if you have an intense especially in school school can be pretty intense and so you know you've got to do your school stuff and then on the weekends you could spend time together and that should be something you look forward to and if you don't if you don't look forward to that, maybe there's some other issue. But if that person is pressuring you to be with them all the time during the week, then you need either you can have a conversation or if you can't, it's that's about as far as you can go. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it sounds like she was putting you in a box. There's this expectation that you have to meet, you could meet, you can meet. And that right there is a level of toxicity that I never wanted in my life. Don't blame you, Dan, for not wanting her in your life. So good on you. And that's that's a that's a good place right there to say that right there, my friend, is called boundary. Mm. And no one can cross it. Yeah. And you know, there's some very toxic ideas out there. If you go, I mean, we've looked on the internet for suggestions and found some really terrible ones. So if somebody is out there trying to say like what's normal in a relationship, and it says that if you don't want like they might have come across an article that's that's that early on that's like gotten deep inside them that's like if you your partner does not want to spend every minute of every day with you there's something wrong mm-hmm. and that's not true for everybody yeah watch out for articles that say normal mm. it's you're not looking for the word normal you're looking yeah. for what's not okay yeah and when an article is outlining what's not okay and it's it's talking about anything that's not in the uh, in the abuse atmosphere mm-hmm. if it's things like that where it's if they don't want to be with you if they uh, or, i mean like they don't want to be with you every minute of the day they don't text you back they don't they don't call you back really watch for the context because again don't ignore who people are and what they need mm-hmm. i'm infamous for not getting back to people but here I am with an extroverted husband who was okay with me not getting back to him. Yeah. Because I did communicate that to him that already early on in the relationship, I'm really bad at getting back to people. I swear I do mean to get back to you. And lo and behold, does the man of my dreams not respect that? It's certainly important because you said early on what you need. Mm-hmm. And if that person, if the person, that, if this person that you're interested in, that you're dating, this friend, whatever it is, if they do not, respect that if they're pushing you for something other than what you need then that's toxic oh yeah absolutely well shall we go to the internet do we want to okay so i i hunted around and i did not want to complicate this episode with anything that was going, you know, specifically just for introverts, specifically just for extroverts. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to joke around this time. This time I was like, no, you know what, we we need to actually clear the air here, um, especially after that letter. So I hunted around and I found an article that I thought would give the least problematic advice. And I picked carefully the tips that I did like. So I found this article on Lifehack, 13 things you can do to make an introvert feel loved. And the first one, I think I'd mentioned earlier, 
let them unwind before you ask questions about their day. If you're dating an introvert and they don't seem talkative, please be patient with them. Let your partner rest in silence for an hour or two before you ask about their day. They will be able to respond more thoughtfully after they recharge. So true. So it true. is. It's so true. I, I just need a minute to walk in the door. My life existed outside of your own life. Give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Number six, don't call them shy or antisocial. Ooh, ooh, did you, ooh, did, ooh, was that a shiver? That was. That was. Ooh, it was a shiver. It was ooh. because, you know, we've talked about this and that like how angry we get when people are like, oh, it, introverts are shy or whatever. and Or the... Look who look who decided to join us. All of those Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Like so infuriating. Oh, I hate it. Don't punish me. Okay. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> if you label introverts in this way, then you obviously don't understand them. I'm an introvert who acts in community theater and there's nothing shy about that. Most introverts love to meet people. It's just that while extroverts enjoy small talk, introverts would rather discuss deeper issues in a more intimate setting. There's also, I just want to, to piggyback on that, it's not just about deep conversation. It is about the substance of the conversation, like we said. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the difference, like meeting people that's or like the small talk to not. Sometimes it's about the setting. Sometimes it's about the number of people in the setting. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's about the number of people who are having the conversation. Number 10, stop acting like something is wrong. And oh. this is a huge pet peeve of mine. Oh, give it to me. I'm ready to be oh. angry. Go ahead. Go, go. If you try to fix an introvert, then uh, it will backfire. <laughs> uh, this especially occurs when extroverted parents assume something is wrong with their introverted child. They mistakenly label these kids shy without truly understanding them. Treating them like a project will only make them feel inferior. Accept them as they are. And of course, this article ranged from all sorts of relationships and, and the parent-to-child introvert struggle is real uh, and that it will be real for you and whatever other relationship you have. But I rest assured that when I am not talkative, I'm not mad at you. Mm. I just don't want to talk. Leave me alone. You're bo <laughs> it bothers me. It bothers me when people do that. It's like I just... I don't want to have to sit here and explain to you why I don't feel like talking. Look, my lips are moving. I'm talking. <laughs> and last but not least, 12, do invite them to small gatherings. Now, before I give this, again, every introvert is different. Mm -hmm. Not every introvert is going to say yes every time or any time. If you think introverts don't like people, then you misunderstood. They might not feel comfortable at a big party, but they typically enjoy low-key gatherings that involve five or less people. This gives introverts opportunity to have deep conversations and make new connections without draining their energy as much as a big party would. Your thoughts? So true. And the number of people that an introvert is comfortable with in a quote-unquote small group may vary. Mm -hmm. And so you should try to find out what is... The comfort level. Like for me, a party with five people. That's my, that's my preferred birthday party size. Five people, five people who I love. Let's get those people in a room. Once you add like a sixth person, I'm starting to be uncomfortable with that. So maybe that's the question you can ask. Like, 
if I was to throw you a birthday party, how many guests between five and 10 would you be comfortable with? And that may give you a sense of, of, of the introverts comfort in like what they consider a comfortable group. And just to add on to that, because we mentioned it just a wee bit earlier, don't make fun of them. Mm. If they, Mm. if they say like you, you said something, Phil, and I could just hear an extrovert commenting on it. Like, Oh, you mean if a six person comes in, you're just going to get upset. And it's don't, don't say stuff like that. Don't because that's, you're just not respecting what they just said then. Yeah. Yeah. And the answer is I won't get upset, but that's past my comfort level for a group, mm-hmm. right? Like there's every introvert will have a line after which they are no longer comfortable in that setting. Mm-hmm. And if, if there's any comment made past that point, just keep it to yourself, actually. Just don't say anything at all. Uh, you could always like acknowledge it to yourself and realize that you are putting an extroverted society's bias that you're laying mm-hmm. on your introvert. But... Um, you don't need to, don't need to speak those words. Yeah. Just keep them in your head. Zip it. Doesn't, <laughs> nobody needs it because that thought is along the lines of the extrovert is broken. I need to fix them by pushing them into a larger group or something. It's, right. it's unhealthy and it's kind of toxic. Did we learn anything today? I didn't quite learn anything per se, but I did come out of here now with a challenge to now ask my husband at some point between now and when this episode releases what he would like to do for the weekend. And I'm going to get there first. I, I have, I mean, my, my question to you is why is that question frightening to you? I'm just scared of what he's going to say, Phil. What could he... This is your husband. What could he possibly say? I don't know. This is the what? this is the love of your life. What is he going to do? Going to be like, I thought you'd never ask. I want to have 50 people over. I want to throw a real kegger in the apartment. And I want to trash the place. If it wasn't a pandemic, that would be actually really crossing my mind. Oh, shit. Really? Wow. <laughs> Not to say like Steve's a party animal. Like he's going to listen to his podcast and be like, what are you telling these people? <laughs> Suddenly all these people are like, Jess's husband is kind of a monster. Wow. Yeah. Like extrovert monster. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's just a, I just don't want to let him down. I just, I just don't want to remind him I'm a hermit. And that I invited him to live on this hermit island with me. I I mean, I have so I want to challenge this so much because I don't oh. think that I don't think that, number one, he's going to think that I think that he's going to suggest something and he loves you and he's going to try. He's going to keep in mind what you are comfortable with. And he's going to make- suggest something that he wants to do that he thinks you will also want to do. Mm. But in this way, like you're always like, I don't want to I'm worried about suggesting something that he won't like that or like forcing like I just want to stay at home and he might want to do something else and I feel bad for holding him back but if you put the question out there it's easier for him because he already has a sense of what he wants to do and he's probably already going to tone back so that it's something that you also want to do 
I think you're right, Mr. Rickaby. I think you're right. I'm pretty wise and you should do what you should take my advice. It's very true. You should do a podcast on that.